Peyton Warren, and I am a host of Industrial Marketing Live. I'm a strategist at Gorilla76 for an industrial marketing agency and super excited for today's topic and our guest. Today's topic is trade shows. So AKA the source of lots of pain and stress for many, many marketers, especially those in the manufacturing space. And after a few years of COVID, it's obvious that these mega events are, you know, even though they require a huge amount of our time, our energy, our focus um, throughout the year, they're not going away. If anything, they might be even stronger <laughs> than what they were before. Um, so, you know, how can you get more out of a trade show? If you're going to have to do it, how can you maximize your trade show to uh, help your marketing program? So. Uh, mute. All right. And uh, so with that, I just want to say um, we've got a great guest to help us have this conversation today. And I'd like Jake to say hello. So joining us um, is the manufacturing millennial himself, Jake Hall. Jake, give everyone a wave. Say good awesome. morning. Thanks, Payne. Glad to be here, everyone. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. So Jake, we've all kind of laughed a little bit because it's kind of funny how this conversation all began. Um, and I think if you're part of IML, you know, Jake's very active on LinkedIn. Um, and so is uh, our very own Mary Keough. <laughs> Mary's a senior tragist here at Gorilla. And Mary is known for posting some hot takes on uh, manufacturing marketing. And one of those hot takes uh, stirred, stirred the pot a little bit. Um, so I can share that here. I've got it pulled up. All right, Mary, do you mind telling us just a little bit about your thoughts here on this post and kind of how we got here? Yeah, for sure. So for those of you who don't know, I worked for roughly six years at an industrial manufacturing company before I came to Gorilla. So I saw, and it was like a fairly large company, um, not as big as Graco, where Brendan came from, but in that range. And I was seeing them spend six, seven figures on trade shows per year. And then I would say something like, Hey, can I try and test Google ads? And it was like, what? No. Facebook ads. Are you crazy? What you want to write a helpful blog article? Like that sounds risky. So it was just like, all right, that's it. I'm so sick of, you know, hearing me try and pitch, you know, maybe clients at gorilla, maybe my leadership team when I was in house, on investing in digital marketing when they were spending upwards of seven figures on their trade show budgets and tracking absolutely nothing, even though we had a CRM. Or the CRM stuff that did get tracked was showing negative ROI, like almost zero return on ad spend. And I would hear stuff like, well, but like everyone does it, or it's for brand awareness. And it would just drive me absolutely crazy. So that's where this post came from. And it was like, all right, that's it. If you have no cohesive digital strategy to go along with your trade show budget, stop going to trade shows and start investing in your digital footprint. And that's when Jake came on and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. So I'll let Jake take it from here. I'll mute myself real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit about myself to put things... Um, you know, in perspective is uh, I've been in the manufacturing industry for like 16, 17 years now, have always had some sort of um, a sales role. 
over the past two to three years, I have become um, an influencer slash thought leader on LinkedIn and social media, uh, creating content to promote manufacturing and its future workforce. And part of when creating content is I go to a lot of trade shows. Last year, I saw uh, 23 or 24 different trade shows or conferences that I went to uh, last year. No, not Jake from State Farm. I actually went to Geico because the 15% saved me money, Mike, you know, but uh, you know, no longer no longer State Farm there. Um, you know, but the, the one thing that, you know, I, I brought to the conversation when Mary shared that is um, there's, there's a lot of points that I agree with Mary on when it comes to trade shows. However, there were a few things that I wanted to call out and say, Trade shows are a fantastic investment. They're a fantastic reinforce. They're a fantastic ROI. And they're a fantastic lead gatherer um, if you do it right. And I think what so many companies have failed at is they do trade shows wrong. They prepare for trade shows wrong. They uh, don't spend the correct resources at trade shows. Um, and not even not even spending more money at trade shows. They could spend less money at trade shows, do it properly, and get a better return. Um, so yeah, I, I create content on social media. Um, it, it, and uh, last year, I had to put in perspective, I had 50 million views um, when it came to content last year in terms of engagement. So 50 million engagements last year. Um, yeah, and and in a summary, when Mary and I were having that discussion, and we had a few more discussions in the past few months leading up to that, was. Um, Trade shows, in my opinion, are extremely valuable. It's just the way you go about doing that trade show and the type of trade show uh, that you attend or you exhibit at is uh, is critical. And we'll dive more into that later today. Awesome. Yeah, Jake, um, I think that's just really cool. And I think that, you know, ultimately what what you what you guys found as you were talking is there's more alignment maybe in like the reasoning behind your perspectives than, than not. Um, and so I think one of the big goals that we have for this conversation is just, you know, to answer the question, like, how can you make your trade shows more, a more valuable asset to yourself and to your company? Um, you know, just curious, you've been to a lot of them, Jake, you know, when, when it comes like, what's top of mind to you when it just, when you're thinking about how to improve? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the first thing is, let's start before you even go to a trade show. And I think one of the first things that a lot of companies fail at doing from a marketing and promotion side is even promoting that they're going to be at the trade show through social media, promoting and talking about the solutions that they're going to be um, you know, presenting there, or if they're going to be having a, a, a speaking session or their CEO or their executive leadership team is going to be talking there. You know, when I don't have the numbers because I had a, I apologize, I had a switch uh, my laptop station, everything. I'm at my dad's house right now because my internet company decided to tell me at eight o'clock this morning that I wouldn't have internet at my house today. Um, so I don't have my notes in front of me. But when I went out there and I did a study, I went to a, a manufacturing trade show in fall of 2021. And when I was there, oh, perfect. Look at this. You guys are amazing. Um, so, you know, I, there was 186 exhibitors at this trade show. And 23, and these were just some interesting facts that were leading up to it, where basically I called out trade shows as well, like Mary saying, we're missing the complete benefit of what trade shows are. And we'll put that in the, the, the comments as well, so you can uh, reference this back later. But um, some interesting facts about it was like 23% of the exhibitors did not even have a LinkedIn page. So here you are as 
a, a company that's going to spend tens of thousands of dollars at a trade show, yet you don't even have a social media presence to begin with. And the whole reason why this study came up in the first place was as I was walking through this trade show and I saw these really interesting companies, I said, well, I want to learn more about it. I want to connect with someone there to talk more about it. Um, I hopped on LinkedIn and looked for their company page and they didn't even have a LinkedIn page for me to follow up with on. So that was one of the first things that, that um, you know, made a flag for me. But then on top of that, when you look at some other numbers, 64% of the exhibitors that were at the trade show didn't even post leading up to the trade show that they would be attending at it. And 59% while at the trade show didn't even make a post that they were exhibiting there. So here they have this massive loss with the current people or customers or future um uh, you know, people they're going to collaborate with down the road don't even know that they're going to be at this trade show for them to engage with that. So I think, you know, before we even look at how do we define the success of the trade show, I think a trade show is a tool that allows you to connect with your existing um, customer base or client base or even future customers that are going to draw them there to talk to you in person. Because we all know those conversations in person can have um, you know, just a, a massive effect. And, and one thing that I look at what makes a trade show successful is if your company has brand awareness um, before they even attend the trade show. So, right, if, if a person's walking down the trade show, and a lot of times I'm look, talking from an engineering perspective, um, they're walking down the show floor and you have your engineers. A lot of these engineers are already extremely introverted. So a lot of times they're not even going to be willing to walk up and engage in a brand new conversation unless they have some sort of comfort or they're knowledgeable on it. So how do you, how do you as a, a company separate and gain, get more engagement to people come to your booth? Well, driving awareness to your customers or your future potential clients, you know, kick things off. So, you know, when it, when it, going back to the original thing that, you know, Payne and Mary, you, you mentioned was how do we become more successful at trade shows? It's driving brand awareness to your company before you even begin to attend. And if, in my opinion, you don't have a successful online presence to start, or at least a starting foundation, you're immediately jumping the gun when it comes to a lot of stuff. Um, so let's talk a little bit about while when we're at the trade show. Uh, there's a lot of companies that do trade shows extremely well. And I want to make a precedent of that is we have a lot of manufacturers who create high-valued, high-engaging, um, high-attraction-based demos in, in, in the robotics and the manufacturing industry. It's a lot of moving robots or vision systems or uh, really cool automation that's going to attract people. But the one thing that I think manufacturers or the exhibitors of trade shows do really bad is they try and focus so much on their product and they don't focus on the people and the problem of what they're trying to solve, right? Because when we're out there and we're trying to engage with people from a person perspective, I can relate a lot more to a person than I can a specific product that I'm not familiar with. I can relate a lot more to a potential problem that I'm trying to solve on the factory floor or on the manufacturing floor within my business than I am trying to look for a very specific product. So I think a lot of times what we do is customers, we've all seen it before, you're walking through an exhibitor floor and a person literally has a 10 by 10 booth with an eight foot table that has a white tablecloth that has some printed out, um, marketing material with two guys on their cell phones standing, you know, on bar stools in the back. And that's their level of engagement. 
And I think like that's the worst thing that you could possibly be doing to go to a trade show. If that's your if that's your trade show strategy, you shouldn't even be attending a trade show because one, you're not creating an engageable or exciting um, demo booth, and then two, you're immediately when when you have. Um, and I, I feel si- I feel silly saying this to a bunch of marketing professionals who are on this call right now because I'm sure all of you already understand this. But like when you have a sales team that just shows up there and they're on their cell phone the entire time looking down, like that. How does that create opportunity? How does that create MQOs? How does that create conversations for all the exhibitors walking on the show floor? So I guess we'll we'll, we'll kick it off with that, um, and you know we'll have you through the conversation how you want to keep talking with that. Jake, I got a question for you here. Yeah. When you're talking about using social media pre-show, during the show, post-show, what are the you know the best types of posts that help actually drive the brand awareness for the company, right? A lot of times I see companies go in like, don't miss us at booth 1337, you know, next to the hot dog stand. And here's a picture of all of us, you know, salespeople uh, standing side by side in the booth. And then post-show, you know, it's just like, Another kind of dumb post, like, what do you see as like more, like, how do you make that post more engaging uh, to let people know that you're going to be there um, and that they should stop by? Yeah, I, I think, you know, leading up to it, and this is just teaching, this is just from my perspective and how I get, you know, really engageable content. Um, I always like to talk about where some leading things that, what are, um, what are the problems that you're trying to solve? And, and if you go out there and if you're out there looking for who are my existing customers right now, my client base, and what are the biggest problems that they're trying to solve, I try and create engageable content that's based around what those problems are and finding statistics around that. So, hey, if we're going to, um, I'm just going to pick a, a random trade show. Let's say IMTS. It was a big manufacturing trade show last year. And you have manufacturers that are going to that trade show. What are some of the biggest things that they're looking for? One is probably productivity. One is workforce. One is um, how to improve on efficiency, reduce scrap, automate more systems. And, you know, so I would be creating content and conversations around, hey, are you a manufacturer that is, and I know it's, you know, <laughs> everyone's beaten the, the bush around this a million times, but hey, are you a manufacturer that's struggling to find a workforce? Or are you a manufacturer that wants to, that has a CNC machine that is sitting idle? How can we help you? You know, and and I, I'm trying, what, what, what I'm trying to do with that content, and it's not one piece of content that's going to engage everyone. It's five pieces of content that are going to engage different segments. Like that's the one thing I want to press as well. It's you're not going to create the one ultimate, you yeah. know, God post. Uh, it's going to be a lot of little ones. Uh, but, you know, I'm going out there from the point of perspective is I'm trying to relate to all these different problems that people have. And, you know, so I'll take the problem approach, but also I'm also going to be taking the people approach. If I want to be engaging with people and saying, hey, do you like drinks? Well, join us at this networking event at six o'clock and let's have a conversation around that, you mm-hmm. know, or I think, you know, what, what I've seen you guys do even promoting this upcoming event. Let's just look at the content that you did in the past three days with IML leading up to this, right? You guys posted memes. You try to, you, you try to create authenticity and being relatable. You try to be funny. We try to create, and we, we try to create a conversation that's going to be engaging that you're going to learn something from. And, you know, even with the people who came to this event right now, you know, I, I'd be curious for, you know, since we have a lot of active chat right now, what was the one thing that you said, you know what, this might be an interesting conversation that, 
I want to be a part of, right? And and just take your own answers and say, how does that relate to mm. promoting leading up to a trade show? Um, so you know, those are some those are some things, and I think. If we have more, we already talked about maybe even doing like an AMA slack down the road. If we want to go into more specific stuff, you know, I'd be glad to do that. But like, that's kind of what I look at leading up to a trade show. What are you doing that's going to relate to people's problems Mm -hmm. and try and relate to other people? Um, Let's talk at the trade show. Um, For me personally, the one thing that I think does really well at trade shows is creating FOMO which is fear of missing out, FOMO. And and the one thing that I think is good, you know, going out there and taking a picture of your booth and being like, hey, we just made it to the trade show. Come and visit us at Hall A in 1062. Yeah, that's that's cool. You're showing where you are. But what you want to show, in my opinion, is the relationships that are being built Mm. that the people who are not attending are missing out on. So that's the networking people that you're going. That's the insightful keynote speaker that you just listened to with a really interesting, you know, 10 to 15 word takeaway that you want to post and share. When I see, I get a lot of feed on LinkedIn. Um, The most engaged posts I see are of people networking and being with other people. Okay. And I think that's something that you want to push is when you're out there, you want to show there's relationships being formed, there's conversations being had. And I think a lot of times, um, if those companies or your customers are not there, they see a lot of times their competitors are at that show and they're talking to you. And then they're immediately thinking, what are they discussing mm. and figuring out solving a problem that I'm not because I'm not at that show. So much great stuff. And and I also like the chat, if you're just listening to this afterwards, you're missing so much from the chat of these live sessions. So I just want to call out a few things like Lisa, um, you shared that uh, you've used interactive screens at your booth to like drive engagement there. I think that's awesome. I'd love to hear more about that. Um, John, you also mentioned charging stations at your booth, just giving somebody like something functional to like stop and use um, at your booth. Um, Chip made a really great point that I think we should talk more about. And I know this, Jake, this is something that's important to you about, you know, storytelling, saying that your your booth needs a story. So I think that would be great for us to talk about today. And then Mary, coming back to a comment you made earlier um, about, you know, just Jake, you were talking about how it's important to understand like who your audience is at the um, trade show before you go. So doing like your prep work and then uh, Mary, you're saying, so basically it's like, you're, you're thinking about what's the buyer awareness and then what content do I need to create, whether it's in person or assets for your table, whatever you're doing um, to meet them where they're at. So much to go off of there. Um, (laughs) I don't know what direction y'all want to go. I feel like this is obviously going to be a packed session. So, um, you know, Brendan, Mary, curious where you want to drive this. I'd love to have Lisa come on and talk about her experience because that sounds really interesting with the the, the creative content. So, Lisa, if you wouldn't mind, you know, unmuting yourself and then getting in here. Trying to find him. Unmuted. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Hi, Lisa. (laughs) Hi there. So we, for our trade shows, you know, I think that they're still very much a necessary evil for a lot of people in manufacturing. And if you do them right, they're great. But one of the things that we were finding is, especially for a show like IMTS, that's kind of where we rolled out our um, 
interactive content. We made sure we had really large touch screens on low stands. They're like, you know, countertop height, kind of at an angle. And we built a interactive presentation. And there's, you know, so many tools to do that. But what it basically is, is we have so many different various technologies that we didn't want to lose the ability to cross sell also, not only to people who are already purchasing from a specific technology segment that we have and maybe don't know that we do something else too that would benefit them. But, you know, you do have people at trade shows who are kind of talked out, especially towards the end of the day. You know, maybe they are on their way back to the hotel. Maybe they're in the middle of the day off to a seminar or talk, a tech talk, whatever the case may be. They may not have time, but maybe it's a technology that does interest them and they want to know more, you know, the the typical method is people hand out brochures or something like that. And really, some people just throw those away before they even leave a show because they don't want to carry heavy things around. Um, there's a lot of reasons why that's not great. They they get home, they have these piles of collateral materials that they don't really take seriously because it's just hard to focus on it. So we wanted kind of a better answer to address those people that maybe we don't get a chance to talk to because the ones we're that are talking to sales, that's a different story. You know, that's a a hand raiser in the moment. You're obviously going to get their contact information and be able to follow up with them. But we wanted to not lose those fringe people because that's an opportunity to just kind of maximize the money you're spending on a trade show. Mm -hmm. So we built this interactive presentation and basically the main page of it that was, you know, that it always defaults back to on the screen is um, literally just a menu that has a picture and a title of every technology we make. You can touch it. And it will take you into more depth, more in-depth information about that technology, video, um, spec sheets, case studies, whatever the case may be. It can be anything you want or need because obviously every business is different. And then we also built in kind of a very lightweight form that just says, you know, I'd like someone to follow up with me after the show, or I want more information. And what would happen is it would make a list that we could automatically pull into our CRM, which is HubSpot, and either add it to an automation so that we could follow up and it's assigned to someone, or it would be something simple like it tags it saying that this lead was from IMTS. So we don't even have to worry so much about the where did you hear about us because everything that comes out of this form is going to be lumped into an IMTS kiosk um, list. So it was really great. And it's nice because not everybody is so extroverted. Not everybody wants to spend 20 minutes talking to sales. They think they're going to have a, you know, a, a hard pitch and they don't want to take the time or they're dedicated to being somewhere else at the show or they, maybe they have a ton of booths to see. You don't know. But it was just kind of a stopgap measure that we realized was a way for us to collect more people and more interest without having to necessarily bog them down by talking to sales when they're not in that mode. So it was great. And the fact that we could just immediately pull it into HubSpot and deal with it after the show was great. And, you know, it gave us kind of a whole other little look at people who might be interested that we weren't actually having conversations with. And it was easy. It was not a difficult thing to do. So if anybody wants to chat more about it, please feel free to find me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to talk about it. Yeah. Quick question, Lisa, like uh, what were you just using like a PowerPoint system or like uh, what technology were you using? That was a question that came up. We started with PowerPoint and just built a lot of interactive features into it. And then we moved to um, something called Tiled. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you can certainly look it up. It's an interactive tool that lets you build like micro apps and mini 
presentations that you can sort of install almost like as their own little mini thing that you can put on an iPad or a touchscreen or anything you want. But there's tons of tools that do that. You know, by no means am I suggesting that any specific one is great, but there's tons out there. Awesome. That's so good. Um, thanks, Lisa. The other thing that I Thank thought you. was interesting, so John and Jacob, you kind of talked about this too, is like having things in your booth that get people to just stop by, right? So John, you said that charging station, Jake, in that, uh, you know, our prep call, like you said, like ice hockey, I think, or air hockey, yeah. uh, foosball, yeah. putting green. So can you just talk about that, Jake? Like what kind of things that are not related to your business are cool things to put in your booth to get people to stop in and like maybe have like a secondary meeting place for them? Yeah. I mean, like the one thing that I always hear is, well, what if, what if my booth, what if I can't display my product? What if I can't have a cool moving robot going around and doing this automation stuff? Well, what can you do to engage with the customer? Like I've seen people rent pinball machines. I've seen um, foosball tables brought in and a person just has a foosball table. And then you get a extroverted person to challenge them to foosball or you see two coworkers walking down the aisle together. You say, hey, you two should play foosball against each other. I bet he kicked your butt. You know, and then what you do then is you have 90 seconds or two minutes of their time when they're playing foosball with each other to talk to them. Hey, what are you hoping to get out of the show today? What's a cool technology that you've seen? What problem do you have that you're trying to solve? And, you know, there's a bunch of different, you know, what I found is really good questions to ask. Um but the whole idea is how do you drive engagement? How do you grab the person's ear for 60 seconds to know, one, if they're a potential customer or not? Because like for me, I've been trade shows for years. I've been on both sides of the table. And I think, you know, what is what within 60 seconds, you can tell if this person is going to be a potential customer for you or not, just from that initial conversation. And during those 60 seconds, they're playing foosball. They're having fun. They're talking. They're going to share more stuff. And they're going to be a lot less I guess you could say reserved because they're in your booth having fun. So they yeah. they feel in a sense more obligated to share with you on that side of things. So, I mean, foosball, air hockey table, we've all seen the, the rollout of putter greens. A lot of people like to do that stuff too. I, I saw um, there was a manufacturing company that helps with workforce that literally just had a golf thing at IME West. Uh, ATX West last year. And they said they had over 500 people a day stop in their booth just to play golf and try and hit it in the holes. And then they had a whiteboard. So the person who got the record or whatever, they had their name and their company up there. So you're in a sense, giving them a little bit of a free oh, real estate cool. for them to promote. And then they're going to want to have their name up there so then they can take a picture of it and say, hey, I, I won, you know, whatever X, Y, Z competition. Um, driving interaction with the booth, I think, is a great way to do it. So, you know, the, the phone charging stations are a phenomenal thing to do. It's um, I, I have one. Um, I hope I can plug it without messing up my computer. But like I have this charger, for example, it's a 100 watt charger. This brings my Samsung S22 from uh, 20% to 80% in 15 minutes, you know, so it, these things can really put out your, a lot of phones. So if you're saying need a spot, charge your phone, talk to us for 30 seconds or talk to us for a minute. Those are huge things that uh, drive a lot of engagement as well. Um, as we're kind of sharing hints and tidbits as well. One of the things that I found really successful is I have a sticker, which is an NFC chip on the back of my phone. So when people don't want to hold on to content, they just bring their phone up to us, they scan this, 
And then this gives them a link to download my contact information. So they immediately will always then have my phone number, my oh. company information, my email in their phone. And then um, if they hit save, it will actually save a image to their gallery of a highlight. So when they're going back to the phone, they'll actually see that you stopped by your booth with some information onto it. So like that's another thing as well is business cards are great, but at least a lot of younger generations, I'm moving to this type of feel. And, and what's really cool about this is this isn't just even a business connector card. It could be all of your exhibits at the, uh, the booth can out their door to it. They can either scan a QR code or they could just read it with an NOC chip and will immediately save the information across that whole entire board. So just some other ideas for engagement as well that make things more interesting. So Jake, you said something just a little while ago about um, the example of the the golf and then you have the the whiteboard with the names at the top. And that made me think about something else we had talked about, which was like partnerships. Um, And, you know, something that you have seen folks maybe sleep on in the past is not leveraging their partnerships um, as they go into these trade shows. So um, feel free to take a drink of water if you need, but can you talk on that too? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one thing that I think trade shows can really support is growing partnerships with your existing, you know, either clients or vendors or solution providers that you work with. I'm not going to name a specific robot manufacturer, but there's a lot of robot manufacturers that are out there that instead of providing their booth with their demos, they reach out to four or five of their systems integrators or their distributors and saying, hey, we are providing a 20 by 20 space for you. These are the constraints that you need to work in and we need to approve that the demo looks nice, but we're willing to give you free space to... Um, allow you to feature what solutions you're bringing to the market. And at the end of the day, it still supports and benefits you as a, a customer long-term. Um, and, you know, it all depends on what side of the um, the uh, the aisle that you're on. Like, for example, I'm just going to pick on, I see Jessica from Orbitform. I've met Jessica before. Hi, Jessica. You know, Orbitform makes some really cool products and solutions for the manufacturing industry. And they make some really cool presses. And you guys, you guys have the sheep, right? No, that's promised. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but what I'm saying though is, is that companies can leverage really cool systems integrators mm. uh, or or people that are integrating their product to show off their demo in a way that's being used. So if you're a company that's going back to Mary's original post that, hey, you only have three hundred thousand dollars in your budget, you can substantially and exponentially create your investment by bringing other parties to your booth to, that are going to support you. Um, you know, and, and like, that's the one thing that I look at doing. I, I've seen a lot of manufacturers as well um, bring their distributors and they have their distributors, you know, each day of the week, if they're going in there, like at automate, for example, and you have uh, a company there that's a manufacturer, they'll they'll say, hey, do you want to come here Monday? And you could have four or five of your sales guys be a part of this event and do that. And then they have another distributor come the following days. And not only what you're doing is you are putting less resources on your com- company as a self, but you're creating a better relationship with your 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 main customer, which is your distributors or your other areas. So it's just, it's a great way to build relationships 
within that, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to, to promote with that. The other thing that immediately comes to mind, and I can't remember, um, let me scroll real quick and see if I can find it real quick. There was someone Look. who made a comment <laughs> on, there's so much, there was someone that made a comment about when your booth is full and you have a ton of customers in there and no one has the opportunity to take a photo. Um, Oh, I can't refine. Yeah, I, I, Whitney, uh, I, I, I think Chip and Whitney were having that conversation, and Whitney made a really great suggestion, which um, she's or he's advocating for within her company. And Whitney, feel free to come on and, and talk about that. But um, while you get unmuted, and I find you, um, <laughs> but uh, she she was saying how she's advocating to just attend, not to be responsible for like the show necessarily, but to create content, to be there as the marketing person. That's like, I'm here to make content, like to capture photos of us engaging. So yeah, Whitney, can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts there? Yeah, for sure. Um, We've just typically sent members from sales or business development and, you know, creating any kind of content is sort of the last thing on their mind. And we just try and ask, okay, at least send us like a picture of the booth or something that we can share on social media. And, you know, sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. And that's also not the most engaging kind of like what Jake was saying, you know, it's not pictures of people like in conversation to create that FOMO. And uh, yeah, something that I'm trying to do this year is to send someone from marketing, maybe me just to go and be there, obviously to help with set up, tear down and all that stuff. But then during the event to go be there making content. I I did this at a local show um, last fall and um, that sort of ended up, I don't know, like I created some great video content for Instagram that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. And um, also I was able to speak with some people at other companies, like one company that um, I hadn't heard of before, but seemed like they could use our equipment. And it took a couple months, but I had someone from the company come out to visit us and we're kind of working on uh, a a partnership with them. So that's another way to um, have a benefit from a trade show other than just a sale. Like, are there other companies that you could partner with in some way? Mm. You know, to, to add on to Whitney, what's to what Whitney said, I think like um, so much opportunity is missed when it comes to creating content at trade shows. And I, I think if if you are a person who's exhibiting at that booth and you're not, and, and you have a nice setup, right? You have active demos that are moving around um, and you are not recording those demos and you are not creating 60 second social media sound bites or video bites to then repurpose down the road. And this is what we'll start talking to. What do you do after a trade show to make it successful? You're immediately missing out on a huge opportunity because more than likely you probably don't have um, a really nice demo room set up where you can just record and make content whenever you want as a company. A lot of times your trade show, your trade show booth is the best representation you can of your company. And if you're not out there and you are not bringing your own video crew or you're not working with a, a company to record and, and do some, you know, short production afterwards, that's a massive loss and opportunity. And, and the one thing, if, if I were to give you guys just a hint real quick, your goal is to make as many short segment videos as possible. The long videos are great. The 10 to 15 minute long interviews. But for me, 
if, if it was my choice, I would rather have five 60 second videos than one five minute video because you can repurpose that in all different social media things. You can embed that into an email. You can share that on LinkedIn. You can have your individual employees share that on LinkedIn. You can post that on Facebook. You can run that as an ad. Um, and that's a massive opportunity when you're not out there and you're not capturing content that can live on beyond the trade show. Um, and, and that's like something that, that I've worked more and more with companies on is how to leverage your existing resource that you invested and stretch it as, as far as you can. That's awesome. I think, uh, and Mary, Brendan, if you have things you want to say, I've just got so much in my brain right now, but, uh, I think like another thing that we really wanted to talk about today um, was just like, you don't have to exhibit at a trade show to have trade shows make an impact for you. Um, and so I want to talk about that. Like, you know, uh, it, you, there, not all trade shows are created equal either. Um, so that was something we kind of talked about during this prep session was, you know, curious, Jake, if you can give folks advice, you know, if they're thinking about, and they're still determining their lineup for 2023, like what shows should they go to? What shows should they be considering? Um, should they be exhibiting? Should they just be attending? Like, I guess, like, what's your strategy when you just look at, yeah. here's all the events in the world. And now where do I focus my time and energy? The The one place that I would start off with is each, each trade show has its strengths and weaknesses. Um, and depending on the type of manufacturer and the size that you are, each one's going to have a bigger benefit for you. The one thing that I would start off with is regional or what I would call micro trade shows. Um, I saw some conversation earlier with MAM. It was the Missouri, uh, Association, for Man Missouri Association for Manufacturers. Is that what it was? Yes. You guys went to like that. I was like, considered was like a micro trade show on 3000 attendees. It's put on regionally. Those shows are absolutely amazing because more than likely you're pulling in a lot of local companies who are in your area that you can build relationships with and a lot of times network at a lot higher efficiency than the larger trade shows. And a lot of times it costs a lot less as well. I'll just give a plug for, so I'm in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, and there's a trade show called the Advanced Manufacturing Expo. It's like a couple hundred exhibitors. We did like between 2,500 to 3,000 employees for the cost of getting a booth there for like a 10 by 10 booth is like 1,100 bucks. You know, if you want to get 20, a 10 by 20, it's $2,000. So you can get a 10 by 20 booth and get a very focused market from a very focused region to come to that show. And for you as a company, a lot of times it's a lot less of an investment, right? Because you don't have to do a lot of times you don't have to pay for airfare. You don't have to pay for hotels because it's a 15 or, you know, a 45 minute drive from the venue. Um, micro trade shows are a phenomenal opportunity and I think have some of the best ROI investments for you, period. Um, and a lot of times those micro trade shows have networking events before or after, or I know a lot of shows are now doing factory tours. So you go to the show and then you get to go and you get to check out a manufacturer before or after the event. That's super um, exciting. And so micro trade shows are a phenomenal thing. I would highly recommend them. And they've become really, uh, they've really blown up since, uh, I guess you could say the pandemic has kicked off. More and more shows are doing them regionally. I think that's really exciting. Now, let's talk about the large shows for a second. Let's talk about, and I'm just going to 
uh, the manufacturing, I'm just going to buy the manufacturing industry, right? This year I'm looking at, we have some, I would say we have four really large shows. We have Automate in Detroit. We have uh, Promat in Chicago. We have Fabtech in Chicago. We have Pack Expo in um, Las Vegas. And then we just had ATX West, which I would say is the biggest one. So four to five really, really large trade shows in the US. These are trade shows that are easily pulling in north of 20,000 attendees. Um, the strategy I would recommend to doing with that is if you are a large manufacturer, it makes perfect sense to exhibit at a trade show like that if you work through distribution, because a lot of times those pull in manufacturers and end users from across the US and a lot of times globally. It makes sense for you to exhibit there and get a booth. Um, but a lot of times as well, if, if you're like, I can't afford X amount of dollars to exhibit at a show like that, how can you partner with a company to make that make more sense? And I think a lot of times is like you have, um, I'll just think, I'll, I'll name a company, uh, Mugen. I, I, I went to Manifest with them a couple months ago. They're a, uh, a system integrator that works in uh, piece picking and 3P on the logistics industry. They do a lot of cool stuff with robots, but they bring in partners with their booth. So they have Geek Plus, they have Mobile Industrial Robot, they'll have a robot arm company there. And by leveraging your partners and your clients, kind of what Peyton, I think you mentioned earlier, you can you know really benefit um, to make it a better experience. But this is, so that, that's kind of what I would say when it comes to those trade shows. The micro trade shows are phenomenal. I'd highly recommend investing in it. If it doesn't work out for you well, honestly, the, the, the loss on that is minimal in a lot of cases. Um, last year, the, my day company that we were at, we exhibited there uh, for like a day and a half, and we got over 200 leads, um, which travels to do a lot of the good MQLs, which then was a direct result of over a million dollars in sales from literally a thousand dollar booth. Uh, really, really good ROI. Um, you know, but but I would say, you know, for, for the larger trade shows, it makes sense to, you know, talk with, you know, people who are doing it. And I think that's the big thing as well is if you've never done a trade show before, a large trade show, and you, are, you haven't even attended one, don't exhibit for the first time. Go and attend there, walk around to see what everyone else is doing, and learn on what, in a sense, learn what your learn what your competition's doing, um, and find out are they being successful at it or not, or a company that's similar to you, find out what they're doing and get ideas off of that. Um, you know, that, that's the worst thing I could recommend to anyone here is if you've never even attended a show like Fabtech or uh, Pack Expo or Promat or Automate, and then all of a sudden say, well, let's go and do a thirty by thirty booth. And you've never even been to a large trade show before, you're not gonna you're not gonna get what you what you can get out of it by simply going there, um, walking the show floor, networking, seeing everything, and getting ideas off of that. I hope that answered your question a little bit, Peyton. Definitely did. I I think it's it's so important to think about just like how you're gonna spend your time and what you expect to get out of it before you decide um, exactly where you're going, your why. Why are you going to this? What do you want to get out of it? And then determine how much you want to invest yeah. into it. Uh, Alex, Alex, Alexander, did I, did I pronounce that right? Alexandre? 
Uh, had had a had a question. I I apologize. I am horrible. Call me Alice. Okay, perfect. I'm sorry. I am horrible with names. Um, would you recommend going to shows where your largest direct competitors are with the booth or avoid them? Great question. Um, and and I, I I have yes a yes and a no. You know sometimes I think. If, if you are a manufacturer and you, you have a really cool demo, like a robot demo, and you go to a show that doesn't have a ton of other robot vendors there, you stick out like a lot. And I, I'll just say Mujin, for example. So we went to Manifest. It was a show in Las Vegas. It's a supply chain and uh, last mile delivery expo in Vegas like three weeks ago. Um they stood out because they were the only demo there out of like the 150 demos that had a moving robot going around. So immediately people get attracted and drawn into, ooh, motion, ooh, robots versus standing out there. So, you know, even though it might not have been the exact market, they got everyone's attention and they got all the media's attention because of a media crews coming in and they say, what can we film that's attractive? They're not going to film a booth that's got a, a four by eight foot table. They're going to, you know, be filming something that, you know, is is sexy and exciting. Um, to answer your question, do I go where my competition is? I would say more often than not, yes. There's a reason why your competition's probably there. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of times LinkedIn is a phenomenal resource. Go back and look at the hashtags of that show and find out who was at that show last year. So seriously, go uh, for this year. I'm just using an example. Automate's coming up. Go on LinkedIn, go on a search bar and search hashtag automate 2022. And you'll see literally hundreds, if not thousands of posts that came from that event, from all the exhibitors or the attendees or the people who had made content or posted stuff. Um, and you'll get a lot of good market research just by finding out where it was your competition that was there, were your customers there as well? And I think that can better answer your question. That's great. Jake, you're you're coming for my for my job reading reading the questions in the chat. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, awesome. It's awesome. Uh, well, I know that we are uh, a little past our, our time window here for Industrial Marketing Live this week, and there's so much even in our outline that we didn't cover that I just wish we could. But the great news is that uh, Brendan and Jake and Mary, they're going to get together and they're going to do a, a podcast that's going to dive just a little bit deeper into some of these topics. I think uh, if I can advocate for one, the whole topic around content and storytelling, I think would be great. I'd love to hear more from Jake on that. Um so I think and we'll have that one published in two Thursdays. Two Thursdays. Wow. Promise. Cool. So, yeah, two Thursdays. It's a promise here, Jake. We got you. We got to get you lined up on a time slot there. So <laughs> yeah, check out the Manufacturing Marketer for that follow-up conversation with Jake Hall. Um, a new episode of the Manufacturing Marketer dropped today. Me and Mary talked about personal branding and what it's done for our careers. Um, yeah. So make sure you're, you're listening to that because there's a lot of good extra stuff in there outside of IML. Um, yeah, that's all I had to plug for, for TMM there, Peyton. No, that's great. That's great. And um, just wanted to say, like, this conversation is so great. Jake, we really appreciate you uh, coming on to talk about it um, today and just like sharing just the depth of your expertise and your experience um, going to all these shows and making maybe it just a little bit easier on all of us in the future. So, um, yeah, can I, can I, I, add, can I add one thing real quick, Peyton. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I would say if there's if there's one takeaway from you listening to this audience, you're looking at trade shows. When you plan around strategizing, creating content leading up to, before, or after the trade show, I talked about it at the beginning of it, but I want to reiterate it. 
make sure it focuses on the people and the problem first and your product second. Don't get trapped in this idea that you need to be pushing your product the entire time at the trade show. Your, your product comes secondary once you find the problem and the correct people to talk to. Awesome. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. And um, to, to close this out today, I want to say, you know, if you're interested in keeping conversations like this going with like this type of crowd, uh, we've got that with the IML Slack channel. And um, Jake mentioned in the beginning, he's going to come in there and do an AMA and ask me anything uh, at some point in the near future. So uh, if you want in, consider this your invitation, just post in the chat wherever it is on your screen and, um, or DM one of us on LinkedIn and we'll get you into that Slack channel. Um, and then another thing that I was really glad that Jake mentioned today was he was talking about how he likes short videos over maybe longer form videos. And that concept, you know, short social media videos is raging right now. Um, and I'm really glad it is because our next episode of industrial marketing live, we are going to, uh, talk about that. We're going to pull Kevin McClary, our senior performance marketer back on. And we're going to talk about those short form social media videos that are just booming on TikTok. And uh, if you know TikTok's not your jam, Instagram reels, things like that. So um, really excited. We're going to talk about that and how to make it B2B. So until then, we'll miss you or we'll see you in Slack. So thanks for coming, Jake. Again, thank you so much. It's a great session. Thanks, Jake. You were awesome. Thanks, everyone. Great seeing you all. Check me on LinkedIn if you have any questions. <laughs>